I'm Ryan Lightfoot-Brown of Fun Calibre. We're joined today by the elite-rated Richard Colwell, manager of the Columbia Threadneedle UK Equity Income Fund. Thank you very much for joining us, Richard. Thank you. Um, now, you started your career at the Bank of England, just over the road from where we are now. Um, what was your role? Um, I joined uh, Bank of England straight from university in 1990 uh, in the Monetary Policy Unit, uh, where there was some real sh- super sharp uh, economists and me. Uh, one of whom actually was uh, Andy Haldane, who's uh, risen to be uh, chief economist, still there. Um, and then I uh, also worked in the banking supervision area, looking after Midland Bank after it was taken over by HSBC. So what comes around goes around, because they've now got supervision back under their uh, brief, uh, having had a uh, you know, pre- pre-financial crisis, it was obviously split out. And you said that the UK is very unloved, uh, which is damaging global investment appetite. Is this all down to Brexit and Corbyn, or is there anything more happening under the surface? I think, um, sort of since the referendum um, in 16, uh, you've seen an acceleration uh, out of UK equities as an asset class by international investors. But I think it did start before that, And it was really when uh, Merv King stopped uh, his last round of money printing QE that it was a bit past the parcel uh, and assets got reallocated to Japan uh, and then Europe. Um, There's obviously been the currency correction uh, post uh, the referendum results nearly three years ago, but I would say that was well overdue because of our uh, current accounts and, and fiscal deficits. And I would say, you know, currency is at an okay level now, but whether that still is an issue that is putting off international investors, I'm not sure. But I think it's 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 a lot to do with the fact that there's a perception that outside of the UK, things are pretty stable, pretty buoyant, particularly uh, with the uh, recovery in emerging markets in the US. So I would say that could be complacent. And uh, the uh, issues that arose uh, through 2018 was a reminder that volatility can flare up at any time. So, you know, the kind of phrase from uh, old Donald Rumsfeld years ago, we're a a known unknown, really. And I think uh, ignoring UK equities or being put off UK equities just because of our chaotic politics would be a mistake in that... You know, the UK stock market affords you the opportunity to buy into a wide range of companies uh, very cheaply, I think. Uh, not just domestic stocks, but a lot of international stocks uh, have also suffered from the outflow you've seen for, from uh, the asset class. So there's a real good uh, valuation opportunity, I think. So rather than being fixated on the news flow, I think the valuation uh, is the pivot point. Okay. And you have a think active and act lazy philosophy when it comes to managing your funds. Can you explain what you mean by this, please? Yeah, I, I, do, I think it's just a good phrase to sort of enforce that um, investing is not being about being frenetic and churning your portfolio uh, uh, wheeler dealing. Um, it's about quietly doing the work, um, thinking active. Uh, challenging your previous views on stocks all the time, but you don't have to keep uh, trading off the back of it. It's just one or two new ideas a year, but backed heavily. Um, so it's 
being lazy, as I say, in terms of uh, uh, dealing, I think is a virtue. You're not trying to generate extra costs for clients by just uh, you know dealing every day. That's that's uh, absolutely not what we're going to do. We're what we're doing is something very different as active investors from the kind of quantitative funds that we compete against uh, or the kind of day trader mentality um, who, are, who are reacting on news flow and sound bites. You know, that's, that's too frenetic. That's not how we're going to add value. And your equity income funds tends to have a lot of consumer services and industrial companies in it, but fewer resources and financial firms. Why is this? Yeah, I mean, never say never. There's nothing, you know, I've not got um, uh, a sort of a mandate that says I will never invest in financials or resources. Um, I just think I'm trying to construct a portfolio that's different from the index where I think uh, we've got an edge in terms of valuation opportunities. And I suppose, broadly speaking, I'm sort of saying that uh, commodity area of the markets is, is a big part, big constituents of the index, about over twenty percent now. Um, but you know you're kind of reliant on uh, the iron ore price and the oil price, and I don't really have much of an edge on that. And to allocate a big chunk of clients' capital to those areas when they can do it themselves is is not where I'm going to add a lot of value. So we did buy the likes of Shell very well um, after the BG takeover um, when it was actually yielding about 10%. Now everybody loves it, so it's yielding 5 you know, so um, uh, for choice, uh, I prefer to, to allocate new money into other areas. And, and financials, again, big part of the index, nothing against financials per se, although obviously my background, Bank of England and all the rest of it, I, I think I know quite a bit about Banking, and I'm wary of the returns through the cycle you get of banks. So um, I've, I've got an underexposure, don't own banks. So that's the, the, the big uh, difference. And I suppose that's interesting. I think the banks have done a good job in rebuilding capital. But if you like, I think they've almost missed this cycle. They're getting themselves ready for the next downturn. So I'd be more interested, I think when everybody's getting gloomy again about, about banks rather than now when everybody's going yippee uh, look at those juicy dividends or something so okay and on the subject of dividends um, Vodafone recently cut its dividend by 40% last week is this a sign of things to come are dividends under pressure um, I think uh, there's a few things worth sort of flagging I think um, that I mean, companies, after the bone shaker of the financial crisis, they spend the early part of this cycle uh, rebuilding their balance sheets. And then uh, dividend growth tended to be greater than actual underlying profit growth. So in some companies, some industries, uh, they've got less of a, a kind of a rainy day cushion. So, you know, we're now over 10 years since... Uh, financial crisis so I think it's right to expect that you, if you do see some pressure in profits and cash flows then you're likely to see more dividend cuts at this stage of the, the next stage of the cycle um, that, you know, what we're trying to do with our income fund is smooth the distribution of our dividends as a key part of total return on the funds 
Um, so with the, the, the reduction in the distribution uh, in our funds, when you do get downturns, will be much less. That's what we're trying to achieve. And then get on the front foot and collect nice juicy dividend growth earlier in the cycle when it's more healthy. Um, I would say, though, that uh, a really important point is that um, high dividend yielding stocks in the market are now uh, extremely cheap, extremely beaten up relative to low yielding, growthier stocks. So the market is, is quite polarised in, in, in sort of what it likes. So although within those high yielding stocks, you know, yields of over 5%, uh, it might reflect uh, some distress in current cash flows, um, but it could also be a great opportunity uh, if you think those cash flows can recover in the way that Shell did uh, post uh, 2015. Um, so I'm not put off per se by owning stocks that may cut their dividends, either because I think that the risk of that cut is more than factored into a share price that has been under pressure, or if I think the company can limbo dance through it and the cash flow improve. Uh, in the way that Shell or AstraZeneca before it managed. Okay, well, Richard, that's um, been brilliant. Thank you very much for your time. And thank you very much for listening. I've been Ryan Lightfoot-Brown, and if you'd like to listen to more of our podcasts, please subscribe to Fun Calibre.